1: Welcome to Money Over 50. Today's topic is the diversity of global companies. Michael, this is your topic.
0: We live in Australia. Yeah. We work in Australia. That we do. Some harder than others, but yes, we, we do. <laughs> and uh, and most of us own property in Australia. Yep. So, um, some would say we are triple exposed to the Australian economy. Yep. Because... Um, if there is a downturn mm-hmm. in our economy, we grow at a much slower rate. There's a shock to our economy that yep. doesn't occur yep. uh, to the rest of the world or to the rest of the, yep. or to the the majority of the rest of the world. Yep. Then, um, then, then we're potentially exposed from the point of view that that um, our jobs our jobs are, are at risk. risk. So our, our, our main source of income is, is at risk. Our
1: our property that we own, which is which is mainly the main pool of buyers for Australian properties other Australian purchases. Yep. And so, if if there's a downturn in in people's access to to finance or willingness to to spend money on property, that normally will be a bit of a hit to Australian uh, markets. And and also, and this is I guess one that's more hidden. We've talked about whether it's through superannuation or whether we have investments in Australian companies in our, in our own name or through super. Um, we, are, we are shareholders in Australian companies, which again, sell their products and their goods and services to, to Australian consumers primarily. So this is sort of what you're talking about, is, is for the average Australian, there's a, there's a triple exposure there. there are, our, our retirement savings, um, you know, our super, our other investments tend to be primarily focused on Australian companies in, in, or Australian assets. Mm-hmm. our our housing and, and potentially some of our investment properties and that kind of thing it's in the Australian uh, property market and our, our main our main I guess um, source of income while we're working, our, our our wages or salaries or if you're self-employed your, your business income that is again um, predominantly um, based on the Australian economy and the strength of that is, is the likelihood of that continuing and so, this is something that we've obviously talked about. And we've thought about at length. Is that, and a point you, you sort of just touched on before we started recording here is that it, it's when we think about diversification, we often think about being diversified within Australia. So I mm. want to own, you know, a share, a part of the top two hundred companies in Australia, or I'm going to own a property in Townsville and an investment property in Brisbane, or I'm going to, you know, have. Mm. A job here and a part-time job here, or I'm going to have a, a business that has 200 different customers that are that are all Australian. It feels like we're very diversified, but in a lot of cases we really aren't.
0: Yeah, look, we we potentially susceptible to a Australia-wide shock. Yep. And um, and who knows how that might happen and it may never eventuate. Let's hope it doesn't it eventuate yeah. in our lifetimes. But um, but we're but we're certainly no. No geographical region is immune to something like that. No. So if that was to if that was to be the case, look we you know, we play through scenarios, how would we diversify away from that and, and, yeah. and how would that how would that work? Um, uh, global companies offer diversification away from Australia, and we're yeah. not here to talk about yeah. how many of them or yeah. what, what types of them or anything or like or that, because we're not giving you advice. But it, we're just making the point that yeah. global companies offer diversification away. And, and I think that's, that's from Australia. A, that's a good um, point. <laughs> is that um, global global
1: companies in particular? So owning shares in in global companies is a, is a very simple and very easy way to. Um, gain exposure to other markets and to gain exposure to a lot of other markets very quickly so again to, to follow that example of if if we said we want to be um we don't just want to be exposed to the australian economy and, and australian markets we're mm. going to go and buy a property in the u.s for example mm. we've sort of just traded one one the risk to one economy for another so mm. if if there's a downturn in in the u.s economy for example we we've we're we're wholly and solely invested in that through that property. So, mm. the point that we're making here with these global companies is that if you think of a, a company like Amazon, for example, they're headquartered in America, but they do business all around the world. And, mm. you, and your biggest and best companies around the world, regardless of where they're headquartered, they do the work of the diversification for you because they mm. have uh, not at their headquartered one country. They have offices all throughout the world. They have. Uh, employees and and staff all throughout the world they have customers and consumers and clients all throughout the world Uh, they have they have you know people exposed to different economies different currencies different uh, perspectives different everything and so i think Mm. this is where we've just sort of said global companies offer that is is that i i think that people think of all companies as kind of the same and and Mm. that's Sort of makes sense in a way because you look at share market prices and you know people say the share market went down. There is no one share market. There Mm. are hundreds and thousands of different companies that are all doing different things over time, and we lump it all in one category. But Mm. the point you're talking about here that the risk of of having everything tied up in Australia is the the simple and quick way to diversify out of Australia is to own overseas companies.
0: Yeah. Yeah and you can do it quite easily mm. and you can do it quite cheaply. Yep. I mean you can you can you can um, and, and again without digging too far into the weeds the methodology of this. Yeah. You can own uh, it's it's not uncommon to be able to own the largest 1500 companies around the world. Um uh which is which is an index that mm. you can track called the uh, yep. MSCI World Index. Mm. Uh, X Australia, so they strip Australian companies out of that, um, and and you can do it really cheaply yeah. because uh, some fund managers out there can do it for twenty basis points, which is basically point you know, two percent, yeah, two thousand dollars per year per million dollars that yeah. you have invested. So, yeah. so it's so that's it's a good example, like really really cheap because basically what they're doing, yeah. um, if you think about it. They're actually converting your Australian dollars into all these foreign currencies, yep. going so the, out there and buying, and well, holding those companies, for, is, I and reallocating. Not only do you get the fund manager doing the work for you for two thousand dollars a year, so you
1: you you pay two thousand dollars a year to get a million dollars invested in uh, overseas companies. So you you get spread out across fifteen hundred biggest companies in the world. Mm. Those fifteen hundred companies, as we just touched on, they're doing business all around the world. So mm. it's basically by virtue of just that one that one fee of that two thousand dollars a year, not only do you get spread out across fifteen hundred companies, you get spread out across it's basically like a web all around the world at that point in time mm. where I'm sure that within <coughs> that fifteen hundred biggest companies in, in, in the world, they would be doing business in every single country all around the world and in every different industry to some to some degree all around the world. So Yeah,
0: and, and look I, I like to think of all the countries around the world as a football competition. And, and or, or any sport that I, you, I
1: love. I love the the analogy that you go on here. Where I'm going? Where, where are you going with this, mate? I'm, well, I'm well, what
0: it f- is, um there's, there's no matter how strong the teams are in any competition, there is a winner and there's a loser and there's someone that comes second there's yeah. someone that comes second last and there's someone yeah. that came in the middle. Yeah. So you can consolidate yes. from yeah you know, thirty teams down to ten teams yeah. for a super league. Yeah, there's still going to be a loser <laughs> in that. You know, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah. What I, the way that I look at it is that is that um, countries and economies are, are like teams in a football league. Yep. And and any given year uh, so, yeah. there will be a winner yep. and there'll be a loser. Yes. There'll be some that perform underperform because other countries or economies have come in and taken some market share. Yep. Uh, and there'll be there'll be there'll be others that perform really really well, so to be truly diversified yep and and our theory is the more that you accumulate so the more retirement savings that you have, the less risk you want to take with that, therefore the more diversified you want to be yeah. with that money yep to be truly diversified if you are invested into companies. All around the world, and a big spread of them across different economies, and, and, and yeah, you 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 you're going to be um, almost as diversified as you can be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So without yeah without looking at all the permutations of this, if you were invested in the largest fifteen hundred companies in the world, you are very very well diversified. You it's are. really really hard to be more diversified than that. Yes. Um. And and, a, and a, yeah, it's 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 again not saying go and move money into this and no. this will suit everyone because no. why, it's general this is this is a general statement but i think that the, but it's the, it's 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 you are diversified we're talking about diversification here not and not I, yeah not rates rates of return no it's
1: it's not to say that global companies
0: will outperform australian companies it's just from a pure
1: risk management point of view if if you can if if you can minimize uh, the impact of the australian economy um, performing poorly relative to other economies that that has to be that has to be taking some risk off the table there so yep. um and i think that the point of this i guess we sort of glossed over this at the start there but i think you raise a point where we don't even realize the amount of risk that we're taking on by only being ex- exposed to the australian uh, economy yep. and and so there's a there's a thing i know you love all these different um, biases <laughs> and cognitive things that, that that i come across but there is this is a known thing in in portfolio management called yeah. called the home bias, and yeah. it's not it's not to say that just Australians do this. All all countries around the world, what you find is that the citizens of those countries are overly exposed to the to the um, they basically invest more in in the companies in in that country compared to other countries. Like yeah, now I'm I'm probably making numbers up here, but I think there was something like Australian GDP is two percent of the world, so. Based purely on that, you would think that that would be the starting point where we should be going right, we should have, and again, this isn't this yeah. isn't advice saying you should have two percent of this at all. It's just that if we were completely rational um, human beings, what would happen is that we'd go right over oh, there's there's all these companies all around the world. Two percent of of the output of them is in Australia. Maybe that's the starting point of how much you should have invested in Australian companies. We don't tend to do that. No, across we don't the tend board that, yeah. we go. I mean, and, and there's a couple of reasons for this bias, and, and I've done a bit of research on this. <coughs> is that um, one of the key ones is that we feel comfortable with, in the same way that people tend to be, we would say exposed too much to residential property. The reason for that is because it's something they can touch and feel and understand very simply. Yep. The reason why we're exposed we would say too much in Australia to just Australian companies is that we know these companies. We know them. We've done business with them. I if I own shares in NAB and I drive down the street and I see a NAB branch, it's sort of comforting to me to go, oh, okay, well that's my money hard at work for me. Mm. There, those bank tellers are sort of working for me, doing making deposits. If I own, you know, shares in a in a bank in Sierra Leone, I got no idea what's going on there. It doesn't make me feel comfortable to know, okay, that's where my money is tied up and that's what's going on there. So it is it's a it's a bias it's a known thing all around the world it's not just an Australian thing but it, it is a it is it is a really interesting when, when economists study this because they go why should that be the case if you're a citizen mm. of Germany mm. that shouldn't mean that you're any more invested in German companies than a citizen of Australia or of the US or anything like that but mm. you tend to find that all around the world we're, we're too our focus is too narrow just on the companies and and on mm.
0: the economy that we that we're exposed to at the moment yeah, no, I have I have read little bits about that, and I and and, and I, I believe it is a thing, of course. Ooh, so yeah, yeah, if you and if you look at the way that people tend to invest, you can yeah. see it. Yep. You know, everyone listening yes. would 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 be able to think of examples instantly. Yep, of people that they know that 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 you know um, bought an investment property. To understand, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so, and, and they so. of, and that's and that's exactly it's exactly the same thing because they go, I,
1: I know there's the house, I can see it. I'm I mean mm. I'm there's a feeling of control, even though there, there maybe isn't any more control than than yep. owning that
0: property halfway across you know across the country. So, so the I thought we'd touch on the benefits and yep. then also the yeah. additional things to consider. Yep. Uh, which there are some as well. So, the benefits for me, yep. are diversification. Yep. So it's just it's just it's just being more diversified. Yep. Um, there's part B of that diversification. And this is comes down to a style as well. So, uh, there's two ways to be invested to overseas companies. Um, one is what they call hedged to the Australian dollar, which basically doesn't allow for currency fluctuations to yep. affect your investments. The other way is to be unhedged to the Australian dollar, yep. um, which means that currency fluctuations will affect your uh, in overseas investments yep. one way or the other. Now, um, the, the, the only way I can explain this is to, is to use a real it. example. Yes. Yep. And um, anytime you invest into overseas companies, uh, what you're essentially doing is you're taking your Australian dollars yep. and you're converting it first into the overseas currency that, yeah, that, that. before you buy yep. those companies. Yep. Now, um, if we take just the relationship between Australia and America and our currencies mm-hmm. as, as an example... Uh, back in 2013, if I converted uh, $100,000 of Australian dollars into American dollars, I got one-for-one one mm. during parts of 2013. Uh, you can remember, I'm sure, that the dollar was on parity yep. with the American dollar at that stage. So basically what happens is I convert $100,000 of Australian dollars into uh, $100,000 of American dollars at one-for-one one back in 2013. Um now, now, ignoring what the companies did that I invest in into over yeah. there, what happens now because our dollar has fallen in relation to the yes. uh, to to the to the American dollar, that hundred thousand dollars of US dollars that I now have since two thousand and thirteen over there, actually converts back into around one hundred thirty five thousand dollars Australian yeah. dollars. So I've actually made a thirty five percent rate of return yes. in the currency movement. Yeah. Now the reverse of that is true as well. Yep. If our dollar strengthens or had strengthened yep. um in a similar fashion, then our overseas investments in US dollars would be mm. devalued. Yep. Here's our school of thought. Yeah. Our school of thought is that we're doing this for diversification. Yep. So what we want to protect against, because we live, work and own property in Australia, we want to protect against the shock to the Australian economy. Yep. More than anything if yes. we're gonna do this. Um our thoughts, Dallas, personally, yep. are to be unhedged to the Australian yes. dollar because what we want what we want to happen is that if there is a shock to the Australian economy, mm. um, yeah, this is our theory, yeah, and it's and not necessarily say, true. If there's any,
1: any, any economist listening, to this, we know this isn't <laughs> quite as simple. It's a bit like you know we say yeah. it's not as simple as this, obviously. But if there if there is a shock to the Australian economy or an extended downturn in the Australian economy. The theory here is that the Australian dollar will weaken over time.
0: The Australian dollar will weaken over time. And in addition to that, yep. um, the overseas companies that we're invested into yep. will generally grow at a faster rate yep. than the Australian companies. Yep. So we actually get a twofold return then, if yep. that's the case. So basically what happens is that is that our overseas companies grow faster. Our dollar devalues, which means uh, our overseas companies um, effectively – are valued at a higher amount converted yeah. back to Australian dollars. So, yeah. so, so that's the that's the benefit. Yeah. Um, that's the benefit, the diversification it, benefits there. Now, like like I said, the reverse of that is true as well, and a couple additional things to 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 take stock of. Um, uh, uh currency fluctuations. So the so this is also a downside. Yep. So um, we see it as a plus, but we it's a, it's a, it's a it's a downside as well. If unhedge the Australian dollar and our dollar strengthens mm-hmm. in relation to you know, other currencies that you're invested into, then your overseas companies are actually worth a lower amount when converted back into Australian dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can you can avoid that with hedging, mm-hmm. but that adds extra cost, and, and it, we think yeah, yeah and we that's think I guess that extra cost isn't worth
1: it. It's a it's an interesting one, the whole currency fluctuation thing, because again, it, it's not as simple as this, but but in in very broad terms. Where we're talking about, if the Australian dollar was to strengthen, generally that would be on the back of a very strong Australian economy. And so you mm. go, if the Australian economy booms and and our and the portion of our money that we've invested in overseas companies becomes less valuable, to me that's that's kind of one of those things where you go when that that happens at a time when you can most afford it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, and that's kind of what we're talking about there with the diversification here is that again, it's not to say that overseas companies, global companies are better than Australian companies. What you're really looking for here is, especially in retirement, what you what you don't want is you don't want all of your assets performing poorly at the same time. Mm. In a perfect world, you want a portion of your retirement savings. If if a portion of that's going gangbusters and, and growing and, and going up and up and up, it's sort of okay for a portion of it to be lagging along behind the scenes there mm. because, because you can basically take a bit off the top of your winners Now, mm. what you don't want to do is and then what will happen is over time the theory is that the the portion of your retirement savings that has has grown like mad and you've been able to take your income out of that winning portion every year you've, you've given that the, the, the lower the portion that hasn't returned as well you've given it a chance to pick up over time. Mm. At some stage there may well be a swap there and, and the lower returning asset class will start to perform better over time. And again, this is all very broad strokes, but the theory there is that you want something performing reasonably well at all times, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. And so that's where greater diversification across uh, global companies and global currencies is, is the twofold effect of that tends to be useful because you can you've sort of got two chances for things to 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 be going up at a time when the Australian economy weakens the most. So yes, it's it's a it's again one where it's if if you want to get in the weeds on this there's probably economics podcasts that do a much better job than <laughs> us of explaining this but it is a very it's an interesting point when it comes to portfolio construction is that if if you could have the choice between two asset classes that are correlate their correlation is one they're both going up and down exactly the same or you could have them where one's when one goes up one goes down you would rather have them be inversely correlated one going up one going down so that you've always got something you can take your income from throughout retirement
0: yeah and 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 uh it's always interesting to read about correlation because it's such a theoretical thing. Yes, it, in in reality, it doesn't yeah. exactly exist like that. but no. but um, and and, and but what, it, what it's, has it's, been correlated in
1: the past doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be correlated in future or, or vice versa. Or yeah, it's, it's it's the
0: it's the only way that you can act is is based on on what your theory is and what you think is going to happen. Yeah, the other thing to take into consideration uh, with global companies compared to Australian companies is there's no franking credits with yep. global companies, so Look, if we could stand here today and said uh, over the next 30 years, Australian companies are going to do 8% per year exactly and global companies are going to do 8% per year exactly and in 30 years' time, they're going to be in exactly the same position as where uh, they are now. So if we knew that with assurance, which we can't Mm. and no one on earth does, but if we knew that with assurance we would put everything that we own into Australian companies. The reason being is that Australian companies come with franking credits um, without going into a a detailed explanation there. That adds um, somewhere around about a 1% extra benefit to the performance of Australian companies if you add in the tax benefits that you get with that. Um, Not exactly the same for everyone, but but it's it's not a bad average to use. So... um, if that were the case, uh, 8%, 8%, yep. Australian companies with the franking credits added in yep. um, actually account for about a 9% yep. after tax rate of return. So, yeah, we would we would go all in yep. on Australian companies in that situation. Yep. We, we don't know that. Yep. We don't know that. So, um, it th- th- pays to be diversified. I mean, everyone needs... Growth assets, yes. generally speaking. Otherwise, they run out of money too quickly. Yep. Um, yeah. it It's it's you want to be diversified and you want to have some cash yes. as well. Yeah, but yep. I mean, in this scenario, we're just looking at the differences between yep. Australian companies and global companies. We would say um, any well diversified uh, retirement savings portfolio should have both yes. a healthy yep. a, hel- a healthy mix of both.
1: And that's I think the 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 broader message here which we've touched on before i can't remember now some podcast that i thought it was a really clever title about you, you don't necessarily want a fantastic outcome you want in your retirement savings you want the least bad outcome if that mm. makes sense so mm. again if if you had everything every dollar that you ever had invested in australian companies in 30 years time and the australian economy had gone gangbusters the whole time you'd be really happy about that but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that your retirement was was that much better but if you if you are only invested in one asset class and that goes poorly the the, the bad outcome is is far worse than than the possible benefit and that's kind of mm. where diversification you know the, the saying in in um, in a lot of uh, of this sort of stuff is that diversification is the closest thing to a free lunch you can get because mm. you're basically trading off some of the potential gains that you wouldn't necessarily really uh, get any, any lifestyle benefit from to reduce some of your downside risk of what's Mm. the worst case that could happen in the Australian economy and how do I protect myself against that? So that's sort of the way that the the way I think of it is that you're not with all of this, any, any sort of diversification play, you're not doing it to get a better return. You're doing it to minimize the the risks of a bad outcome.
0: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, uh, I mean, it would be ludicrous if you, again, using the football teams analogy, mm. if you look at the English Premier League and try to pick, you know, or the NRL or whatever mm. it is, and 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 think that you could consistently pick the winner Just of that the, competition yeah, every, every year, year for thirty years. Yep. Yep. Um, what you want to do mm. is, you know, is 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 avoid being mm. coming last yes. every year <laughs> for those thirty years. You know, right. what I mean, you want to yeah, be yeah. you want to yeah. be sitting somewhere in the middle, yes. diversified, yep. um, giving yourself a chance to. Yep. To yeah, make the semi-finals or make <laughs> um, yeah. it's it, it, it's it's one of the, I mean, it sounds absurd if you, if if you were that's I guess the way that some people treat the performance of their retirement savings. They think yeah. that they have to actually win, outperform win every, every single yeah. every single year, and it's yeah. I mean, it's absurd. It's it's absurd to think that you could do that. Yes. um, you just cannot do that yep. because like no one on earth can do this. So, diversification for me is about saying that you, you've you been consistent yep. on that whole period of time and the, and yep. the chance of getting relegated yep. <laughs> is, 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 is minimized. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, I think good place to wrap up. Thanks for listening. Thank you for
0: listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.